0: I mentioned last week that I was going to be giving you a few episodes that were standalone episodes, episodes where I would share some much more personal parts of my story. There's a passage of scripture, Revelation chapter twelve, verse eleven, that says, "They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die." You know, if we're transformed and covered by the blood of Jesus, our stories become powerful because they're a witness of his power to redeem even the worst of our fallen humanity. Today, I want to share with you something I've never shared with anyone, not even Ivy. I want to share with you how Jesus used a dream in my life to bring awareness to something I would not see when I was awake. Gonna bear my soul with you just a little bit. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Reman Initiative. Hey guys, thanks for taking a few minutes to to uh, listen to the show today. I'm glad you're here. I want to read a couple of passages of Scripture to you before we get started into this. Uh, We'll start with Psalm 127.1. It says, If the Lord does not build a house, then those who build it work in vain. If the Lord doesn't guard a city, then the watchman stands guard in vain. And then Ephesians 2.20 and 21 says this, Because you have been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone, In him, the whole building, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Did you know that in the Bible there are 21 instances of God communicating with humans by way of dreams? Ten are recorded in the book of Genesis. There's one recorded in the book of Judges, one in the book of Kings, three in the book of Daniel, and there's six recorded in the book of Matthew. You may even remember hearing about some of these famous dreams in the biblical writings, stories like Joseph's dream that his brothers and family would bow before him, or how other famous, uh, the other famous Joseph, the man that God chose to be the father of Jesus and the husband of Mary, had angels visit him in four different times in dreams, once to tell him not to divorce Mary, once to tell him to flee to Egypt wants to tell him it was okay to go back to Nazareth, and wants to tell him to steer clear of Judea and instead go into the regions of Galilee. Even the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, quotes from the prophet Joel that in the last days your, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I guess I probably qualify as an old man by now. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then it should go without saying that he can still use this method to communicate to his people. This past weekend, Ivy and I were discussing dreams. Now, my girl, she has vivid dreams and remembers them well when she wakes. She often says that when she gets ready for bed, she wonders what the movie for the evening will be. To her, the dreams are so vivid that they're like a movie. I'm sure I dream. But usually, I have very little recall of what I dreamt the night before. During our conversation, she, remit, she mentioned a recurring dream that she was having, and something she said triggered me. Man, the Holy Spirit's voice just popped right up. He brought to my attention the only dream I can vividly remember from all of my nights of sleep. I can remember the dream because I had some iteration of this particular dream many times over and over the course of of a couple of years, it seemed. In the film Divergent, the female lead, Tris, gets placed into a dreamlike state that's a part of her training to become dauntless. In this dream state, you must face your deepest and most prevalent fears. Normal people don't recognize they're in a dream state. Fear grips them, and they must fight to free themselves from those fears. But she is not normal. She has the ability to quickly overcome her fears in this dreamlike state because she first tells herself, this isn't real. And because it isn't real, the fear poses no real danger and the laws of physics don't apply. In my recurring dream, I can remember being in a similar state of mind, understanding that I had been in this place many times before, that I was in a dream state and yet feeling all the fear and the anxiety that this place invoked for me. Unlike Tris's experience, I knew there was something very real about this place that I was in. In my dream, I'm in a great house. It's a house that I've inherited or somehow come to own. There are places in this house that are beautiful and comforting. When looking on the house from the outside, the house looks great. I mean, it looks well-constructed and well-designed. Everything about the exterior of the house seems to be in perfect order. When I begin walking through the house, I come into rooms that I was not aware existed. Secret rooms and secret places. In some of these rooms, there were old things that were perhaps, perhaps they were left by a previous owner or maybe some past family members of mine who may have lived in the house before me. These rooms were cluttered and disorganized. Some of the items in these rooms were broken and appeared to be good for nothing. Just garbage hoarded and shoved into the corners of the room. Other items seemed to hold some value, but they were in disrepair. And there were other items that seemed mysterious, and yet somehow inside of me I knew that these were of great value, but for the moment, that value was hidden to me. As I continued to walk through these secret rooms, I found some other rooms that were in horrible shape. The floors were filled with gaping holes and rottenness. If I were to step in the wrong place, I would surely fall through into other lower and darker rooms, it seemed. The walls were dirty. There was very little, if any, light in the room, just enough that you could see how bad they really were. Fear would grip me once I entered into these rooms. I can remember thinking, oh my God, my house has major damage that I wasn't aware of, and the cost of the repairs is going to be way more than I can possibly afford. I can't even sell this place once this damage is found out. I'm stuck with a house that is in such bad shape, and I had no idea this that any of this was here. I would often end up in the basement of the house near the foundation, and that while thankfully the foundation was intact, The timbers that lay upon the foundation were rotting and eaten away by termites or maybe something else. Again, dread would grip my thoughts. That sort of dread that says, holy crap, what am I going to do? I can't hide this forever. I can't ignore this or the whole house is going to collapse. And when it does, all is lost, even the parts that are beautiful. What am I going to do? Then I'd wake up, still having that sense of dread, but But knowing somehow, whew, man, thank God that was just a dream. There were days that I wondered why I had such a dream over and over again. But I'd written it off as a personal distaste for home improvement projects and the DIY channel stuff that my wife loves to make me watch with her. When Ivy and I were talking, I realized that I hadn't had that dream in years. It was so common to me, and it filled my sleeping hours for so many years of my life, and now I had gone quite some time without it. A certain gratitude filled me, but I wasn't sure why I was so grateful until the Holy Spirit took the opportunity in that moment to speak up again. What he said still stirs me deeply, even as I take time to share it with you here. He said, Joe, You're the house. I couldn't help but think about the story of uh, David when the prophet Nathan Nathan came and told him he was the man. If you don't know that story, you should go read the story of David and Bathsheba and Nathan's interaction with David afterwards. For many years, the exterior of my life may have looked like it was well-built, but once you got past the facades that were in place and you got past the rooms that were the no, the normal living quarters were, what you found was rooms filled with items that needed removal, items that needed restoration and some items that needed a deeper understanding to fully realize the value they held and understanding that only the one who built those items would be able to explain the rooms that were in complete disrepair and looked beyond help were parts of my soul that I ignored in places in my heart that I kept closed off because I didn't want to look at the damage and I dang sure didn't want anybody else to see it. The rotting timbers that were laying on the foundation were my own works that I tried to build upon the foundation of my life, which thankfully was Jesus, my rock and foundation. Look, it's a great mystery and not one understood by those who are not in Christ. But the foundation was laid by another hand and not my own. It was laid in place by the Father before I even knew one of my days. I had nothing to do with how the foundation was put in place. What was built upon it was failing at its very core. The life I had been building was my own doing. I had not surrendered my life this house to the Lord completely, and because of this, the building was rotting away from the inside out. The exterior may have looked righteous or well-constructed, but that was not the case at all. The reason the Holy Spirit said that I was no longer having the dream was because His work in me had finally given me the ability to surrender the building of this house to Jesus. And for years, Holy Spirit has been helping me clear the cluttered rooms. He has been restoring the things of value to their proper glory and place. And He's begun to reveal the mysteries and the value behind those items that were before misunderstood or improperly valued. He had begun a complete restoration of the structure of the house. The foundation timbers were replaced. The structural integrity of the floors and the walls were repaired, better than I could have ever imagined. The dread I had before was well-founded. The damage was great, and I had no resources within myself to make such massive repairs. The house was falling in on itself because the Lord had not built it. Sure, there were some religious materials in the construction that I had attempted, but those materials were a cheap, inferior imitation of what Jesus offers. Once I accepted the Lord's offer to build this house, to restore this house that is my life, I found that the unimaginable cost that I knew would, I have no way of paying for was already paid for. That all that was required of me was to trust the master builder in his desire to see this house stand as a tangible witness of his greatness and his power. As soon as I abandoned the desire to build something where others would praise and recognize me and conceded to allow Jesus to get all the credit for whatever came from this house, this life, that's when I stopped having the dream. My life was being lived in vain, and Jesus needed me to see the truth that I was not willing to see in my waking hours. This life that I now live has true purpose and has become a place where others may find the presence and peace of the master builder himself, Jesus. I echo the Apostle Paul who commented to those under his care in Galatia. In Galatians 2.20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So at the life I now live in the body, I live because of the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. By the love and the grace of God, this house, this life stands and will continue to stand for generations to come, dare I even say for eternity, as a visible proof that Jesus is the Son of God and that He is the chosen and anointed King of the cosmos, and that His love for mankind is genuine and marvelous, that He stands ready to start the renovation of men's lives and hearts today and those who are willing simply need give him the keys to the place. Here's praying that some of you listening today will become aware of the internal damage of your life, your house, and you will find hope for the complete renovation of your life in Christ. That Holy Spirit would use my personal witness to the truth of the claims of Christ to stir you to hand over the keys of your place to him and allow him to restore you to what you were originally meant to be. It's worth reading again, Psalm 127. one. If the Lord does not build a house, then those who build it work in vain. If the Lord does not guard a city, then the watchman stands guard in vain. Brother, all the labor, all the building you can do, Man, if Jesus is not doing this, it's not going to stand. Don't be afraid to step in on those dark corners of that house. And don't be afraid to give him the keys to the place. I promise you, you will not regret it. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. You've been listening to the Reman Initiative. For more information, you can check us out on the web at www.experiencereman.com. There's a contact page there. If you like what we're doing or if you've got a comment, feel free to send us something. We enjoy reading those. Hey, if you like what we're doing here and you don't mind taking the time, leave us a five star review on whatever platform you happen to be listening to this show on. It really helps us promote the show. Until next week, God bless, guys.